Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh, we promised him earlier, SEN cricket commentator extraordinaire Barrett Sundarason is on the line to tell us uh, everything he knows about cricket and maybe he can give us an inside tip for what's going to happen tonight in the mm. Allen Border Medal. Um, it seems some people think they know who's across the line. I'm not so sure it's as cut and dried. Uh, Barrett, what do you reckon? How are you, firstly, mate? And, um, yeah, welcome to the show. Nah, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you for having me again. No, I'm all good. Have uh, um, nearly packed and ready for uh, my big homecoming trip back to India. I can't wait. It's been a long, long time yeah. since I last was there. So, uh, And what better reason to go back there than to meet my mother? I mean, like, go and watch Australia and India play test cricket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting, exciting times ahead. Yes, yes, and that's going to be a, a, a great trip for one and all, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, tonight, the Allen Border Medal um, and the Belinda Clark Medal as well for uh, for the uh, the best yep. cricketers in Australia. Um, we'll start with the Steve Smith, favourite to take it out for a fourth time. Is it is it as, um, is he across the line yet, do you reckon? I think Usman Khawaja is not too far behind, in, in my opinion. I mean, just... Uh, uh, just the year he had, just the impact he's had. Uh, uh, I mean, look, Steve Smith has uh, him covered maybe in terms of uh, being Steve Smith, I guess. But also, uh, you know, the, he's played other formats, so that he has that going for him. But mm. um, I don't know. I, I would, I would say Usman Khawaja is. Uh, very, very close. It's nip and tuck for me. Yeah, and Travis Head and Marnus, their names have been mm. tossed up as well. I think that's in a, in a, uh, a couple of hours, Maddie. And um, I'm not sure if you're across the uh, the women's game much at all, but I think Beth Mooney and Ash Gardner are the uh, the standouts mm. for the Belinda Clark medal. They've 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 um, played extremely well, our uh, Aussie ladies. Oh, I mean, they're arguably one of the most indomitable sports teams. Uh, across all formats, across all sports in the world, and mm. have been for a while. And uh, both both names you mentioned, like Beth Mooney and uh, Ash Gardner, uh, are are right in the mix. Uh, uh, and Beth Mooney just keeps getting better and better with what she does. Right? Uh, I still can't forget the innings she played. Uh, was it was it last year or maybe uh, eighteen months ago with the with the broken jaw? Uh, when oh, yeah. she hurt herself and came back and made runs and. Uh, and Ash Gardner as well. I mean, look at her record. She, it's extraordinary the record she has uh, in T20 and uh, one-day cricket. Now, so uh, once again, Nipena could could go either way. But Beth Boney seems more of a favourite there than for me. Steve Smith is currently for that Allen Border Medal. Mm, nice one, Barrett. I wanted to ask you about the uh, the Indian tour. Uh, we've heard so much about the Australian team. There's been so many injuries. Um, you know, the selection uh, problems that we're having. You know, who's going to be fit, who's not. But we haven't heard much about the Indian team. I want to know, how are they shaping up and, and who are the Australians going to be up against? Are, are they as strong as what they can be? Uh, I think they're getting there. Uh, the, the test storm, uh, test form, I should say, has been a little patchy over the last 18 months or so, but they're just so incredible at home. They have so many ways to hurt you. It's not just a trial by spin like many people just assume it will be once they uh, head to India. 
Um, even though Jaspreet Bumrah is not part of the squad for the first two tests, in Mohammad Shami and Mohammad Siraj and Umesh Shadow, who's got such a great record on home soil, uh, they have their fast bowling sorted and they are just spoiled for choices in the spin department with uh, Jadeja back um, mm. to full fitness. He's just taken seven wickets in a Ranji Trophy match uh, to signal his comeback. Uh, so it's going to be a, uh, interesting to see which three spinners they play. You would back them to play three spinners in Nagpur. Uh, and if, with Jadeja, you have a genuine all-rounder as well. So uh, the one that uh, Australia will miss in Cam Green. Uh, and I think that's the... That is a big blow. I mean, Mitchell Stark's the blow as well, but Josh Hazelwood really proven himself reverse swing and bowling across the world, and he's done really well in other formats in India. So maybe not as big a miss, not having Stark because Hazelwood comes in, but not having Cam Green's all-round abilities will hurt, and that's where India have the the advantage in Jadeja. Uh, but uh, the batting-wise, uh, the thing is there are a few question marks because Rohit Sharma hasn't played a lot of Test cricket since he became captain last year. He's been injured a lot. KL Rahul just got married, but. Uh, his form's been very, very up and down. Uh, and Pujara just got back into runs. It's, Virat Kohli hasn't made a test 100 for a while, but he's got his form back in one-day cricket. Uh, but I think Shreyas Iyer could be the guy who hurts Australia because he, he does take down spin. Uh, he's one of those batters. He has uh, no respect for spin. Uh, it'll be a great battle. He uh, really did get the better of Nathan Lyon in a practice game all those years ago, six years ago. So that'll be the combination, the batting combination. The wicketkeeper is, is, is really interesting. Whether they go for... It's going to be a debutante either way. Either they go for my namesake in KS Bharat, who's a very organized keeper and organized batter, or they have the maverick in Ishan Kishan, who's more in the Rishabh Pant board. Yeah. Oh, look, it, is, it is so interesting, isn't it? And, and you know, in Australia, we know they're not, they're not having a warm-up game, no. uh, which everyone finds unusual, but... They tried to kind of replicate conditions at North Sydney Oval on the uh, on the weekend in, in on a hot day as well. Will that be enough? Do you think, Barrett? They had footmarks, uh, you know, there for the uh, for the spinners to give them a bit of assistance. And um, you reckon that'll be enough, or are they still uh, doing themselves a, a disservice by not having a warm up game in India? Uh, no, I mean it's become a trend now uh, around the world. Even India don't prefer playing uh, warm up games when they're overseas. England have stopped doing that as well. They instead prefer carrying their England line squad along and playing a match with each uh, amongst each other, uh, so that you can be more in control of what's happening with the game. So, uh, what they've done in Sydney the, over the last two days is more an appetizer for what they expect to do in in Bangalore. And uh, look, there are a lot of experienced players and experienced coaching staff as well. Andrew McDonald knows all about those conditions. He's uh, he's coached in Bangalore before, uh, and the venue they picked is slightly far away and. Uh, what they aim to do is to replicate some of what they will be expecting to face in Nagpur and be more in control of it. Um, I think they've tried it in Sydney, but uh, it's really in those four gauge out the, the situation, what what could lay an offer, uh, and, and also you know sort of uh, have these game plans because the one way to Indian, uh, win in India is to have a fixed plan and stick with it as a team and as an individual. So. Um, I think the four days they spend there will tell us a lot about, or four or five days will tell us a lot about how they aim to, you know, overcome this big Indian challenge, and also how they will go eventually over the next uh, five or so weeks. Mm. How important is it for Australia to get off to a really strong start? You know, a win or or, or a very very close performance, if not, you know, a draw, because we have heard that it's just about impossible to chase India down if they get off to a, a strong start. Oh, no, absolutely. Playing test cricket in India, especially against this team, is like 
the closest you'll come to uh, playing T20 cricket or the shorter form cricket in terms of strategizing. Like you have to strategize not just session by session, but hour by hour, half an hour periods by half an hour periods, where games can move very, very quickly, but then they can also move quite slowly. So it's so important to stay on top of that, which is why I, I am very confident with just the way Pat Cummins has captained this team in the subcontinent and what he did in Pakistan and Sri Lanka. Uh, he'll stick with it, uh, and, and so will the coaching staff. And it is a long series, a four-match series. Australia famously started off with a two-day win in Pune, you'll remember, in 2017. And mm. then mm. they had a very good chance of winning in Bangalore. And then, you know, they saved the test in Ranchi. And they could well have won in Dharamsala. So, um, they'll take a lot of confidence from that. But, yeah, I mean, starting early in India or starting well in India is, is very, very vital for sure. Uh, but I think this team will also realize that if, because the conditions are going to be different from venue to venue, even if you lose in Nagpur, it's important that, like you said, you run India close and don't let any mental scars get into your head, especially as batters. If you start like letting the Indian spinners, uh, you know, wrecking havoc with the mindset, uh, then it's all over. Then it's a really uphill battle from there. Yeah, Bharat, mm. I, I know India are almost unbeatable in India. I think they've they've lost one of the last thirty-four series that they've played over there, and yeah. that was to Australia. In that series, yeah. we didn't go out with a with a with a spin attack. We took pace into that into that game. Are we playing into India's hands by taking spinners and you know bowling with you know maybe three spinners that we don't normally do? Um, and that is where, like I said, they'll miss Cam Green in the early part of the series. Cam Green, the bowler, yeah. especially because you're right. I mean, when they won in 2004, they just had one Shane Warne. Uh, of course, Michael Clark took all those wickets in the Mumbai Test. Once the series was won, mm. uh, but uh, uh, they just had a very strict game plan where they said they're going to attack the stumps. They're going to bowl fuller. They're not going to stick to the Australian lens. Um, and between Glenn McGrath, Jason Gillespie, Michael Castle, which I think they had the perfect combination mm. to work out that plan. Uh, I think, uh, having said that, though, things have changed. Like, you know, there's DRS now. And a lot of these Indian right-handers um, have had issues with, with the left-arm spinners, especially guys who can just angle the ball in, much like what Jadeja and Akshar Patel do for India. Um, and so there will be a lot of onus and pressure on Ashton Agar to come good. Like right. Very few teams play without a left-arm spinner in India. Uh, and that's the reason I think Australia will want to play the second spinner. Uh, but then, you know, the, the it, you do risk. It is a risk. It is a risk playing two spinners uh, and just two seamers. Uh, but maybe in Nagpur, you, you, you need two spinners. Later on, maybe, you know, Delhi, Dharamsala, you could go in with three seamers. So, and hopefully, by then, Cam Green's bowling as well. So, yeah. you have to keep thinking on your feet. There can't be one fixed plan. In that yeah. Well, that first test, uh, Nagpur, as you said, uh, Thursday week, so the 9th of Feb, uh, so it goes right through. That series is going to be intriguing. Four tests, yeah. three one-dayers. Uh, just can't wait for it. Meanwhile, actually, actually, I want to just point something out, Barrett. You'd, you'd be across this. Just how popular the women's game is getting and how strong it's getting. And they've just had the women's IPL auctions for the teams, or they've sold the teams, and they made, they got more money for them, for a lot of them, or all yeah. than they did in the men's initially really? back in 2008. That wow. is quite incredible, isn't it, Barrett? It's great. It is, it is a game changer for women's sport. And you knew it was always going to happen. I mean, there's been a talk of a, a women's uh, IPL. They're calling it the Women's Premier League, of course, uh, for a long time. And the rest of the world has wondered why um, the Indian cricket or those running cricket in India haven't taken the plunge. Uh, but you always knew, at least those of us who are aware of how Indian cricket works, knew once it would happen, 
it would just be this uh, incredible number, you know, when it comes to uh, the the money that the franchises will go for, the broadcast deal as well, you can't forget, which came about a few weeks ago. Um, and yeah, where what every match uh, will make them uh, over a million dollars. So um, it, it's going to be crazy. And before we even know who the franchises are or in terms of what the teams are going to be, where they're going to play, mm. it's already just on the basis of these numbers become the uh, third most successful or expensive league um, a women's league in in the world after the WNBA and uh, you know the women's super league in the soccer in in England. Well, so that just tells you well. just the power of that money. And then um, I think especially a lot of these Australian cricketers who we, we spoke about earlier as well uh, are well in line to make uh, make a, a, a you know have a good day in the office. Oh, uh, let's hope so. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, going to happen for sure. Well, the Ahmedabad saying this Adani. Have bought the Ahmedabad team for the most money, over two hundred million dollars Aussie, two hundred twenty-two million dollars. Wow, that is just crazy. Hey, we've got a bit of big bash to go. Uh, you're going to miss those last couple of games, certainly live, mm. Barrett. But uh, the Ooh. Brisbane Heat have done uh, very well to get them through to that uh, that second last um, game up against the Sixers. How do you think the Sixers will go without? Steve Smith, who has just been outstanding in the last um, four or five games. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's been outstanding, but uh, the the one game he kind of misses out, uh, you saw the Sixers struggle, uh, uh, didn't you? And I think maybe it shows that they've been slightly over-reliant on Steve Smith and his 25 Sixers in the last yeah. week and yeah. a half. Uh, and I think that's going to hurt them. But And... See, and the Heat come in with the momentum, right? Like, they, yeah. the first couple of weeks, they weren't firing like they have been in the last uh, three weeks. And especially after Renshaw um, came in and, and, you know, Uzi Kowaja, you know what his record is in uh, mm. this part of the league. So, those three will be huge misses, Renshaw, uh, Manas, and, and uh, especially Usman Kowaja as captain. So, uh, that maybe gives the Sixers an advantage. But I still think Brisbane Heat, have all the, all the momentum. They're peaking at the right time. So it's, it's actually going to be intriguing. I mean, there are no favourites going into that game. Yeah, well, Scorchers were pretty much written off at the start of the season with injuries and drama around mm. their side. I mean, they're through to the final. Um, so who? So you think the Heat will be will be aiming up against the Scorchers if you had to put your money on it? I think so, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I generally keep my money very safely in my pocket when it comes to, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to cricket, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, uh, I that is that that's the final I I, I foresee. Yeah, uh, I think the Heat um, have have the momentum. Like I said, Scorchers just the last three weeks they've had in the tournament. They've gone back to the Scorchers of the old, uh, and, and you saw the, how the Western Australian faithful back uh, were right behind them. Forty-one thousand uh, uh, you know, fans at the Optus the other day. So no, I think the Scorchers have. Uh, everything to play for and they're going to be the team to beat in that final yeah. but I do see the heat going past the Sixers and getting there yep well it'll be great to, uh, to see but uh, probably not quite as uh, exciting as what we're to see from India and hear from India Barrett because of course you're part of the SN commentary team broadcasting that test series live from India uh, and you leave tomorrow pretty excited about that no doubt for a, a, a huge trip oh, very much so yeah it's a long trip uh, and yeah like uh, uh, the only person who's lightly upset is my mother because she thought I would come straight to Bombay, but there I will be watching Steve Smith and Manas batting in the nets in Bangalore instead. So, uh, but I'll get around to meeting her at some point. That'll be very good of you. Nice yeah, it'd be great of you, Barrett. And, and of course, we can't wait to hear your uh, your tones down the line on SEN, mate. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. Safe trip, and uh, I hope it's a wonderful series. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, can't wait to get there. 
Thanks for listening to the podcast. And don't forget, you can listen to Sports Day every day from Monday to Thursday, 6 p.m. or 5 p.m. Queensland time.